Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I'm so pleased to introduce my guest today, Sylvia Hubbard. Sylvia is an award-winning romantic suspense author, blogger, and founder of the Motown Writers Network and the Michigan Literary Network. Her titles include Dreams of Reality. So welcome, Sylvia, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. How are you? I am awesome, very awesome. Thank you for having me, Bernadette. Well, thank you for, for, for joining me. I have had a little bit of a hiatus uh, while, you know, obviously we're all dealing with, with this crazy corona. So um, okay. I'm so happy to get back into this and, and to, to start connecting with my fellow writers. So thank you so much oh. for joining me today. So, Sylvia, maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, where, where do you live, and um, how long have you been writing professionally? Okay, so I live in Detroit, uh, Michigan, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> Sometimes you can just say Detroit, and people are like, oh, okay, but I've rarely met somebody who's like, oh, where is that? <laughs> so, yeah. It's like saying New like York, right? Of, <laughs> right, it's just like, yeah. But, yeah, I've lived here most of my life, and um, I began my professional writing career, I would say, I was first published in 2000. But I've been a writer pretty much all my life with the thanks of my mother. And I just, I love romance and suspense and a lot of drama. So you are getting, you know, three-part stories most times because, you know, love never happens just easy for people (laughs) in real life. And I like to bring that on the page. I like people to know, like, it's a struggle, but it's worth. Well, I think it's interesting how you say that. Thanks to your mother, you're a writer and a, and a romance reader because I, that's exactly my experience. I remember stealing my mother's books um, and reading them in the basement, and she'd be like, "Where did my book go?" I was like, "Oh, I don't know," and then it would miraculously <laughs> return. <laughs> so Miracle, she definitely, yeah. yeah, she encouraged my my writing of uh, my reading of. Um, you know, she didn't just read romance. She was from Ireland, so she read a lot of Irish writers. Um, Edna O'Brien is right. one of my favorites. And uh, so I learned, I read mm-hmm. a lot of um, writers of her gener- generation, but I also mm-hmm. read a lot of uh, a lot of romance. So uh, it's funny how our mothers influence us so much. Um, yeah. And so are you, were you originally published with a publisher, or are you self-published, or are you a hybrid author? I have self-published uh it was uh crazy I was trying to get traditionally published I mean I was working really hard you know maybe starting back in 96 I was like okay I'm going to get traditionally published I'm gonna get a nice contract and blah 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 you know we had our little dreams going on and stuff like that and then as the you know the end of the century was coming and the Y2K bug kind of caught on to everybody I was like oh my god I want to be an author I want to get published, and um, a girl had already, like a friend of mine, she had already been trying to do self-publishing by herself, and um, 
she was like, well, this company is, is saying they publish for free, so I don't know. Can you look into it? Because I can't understand the verbiage, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, let me try it out. And I had just finished my first book, like, like finally hit the end on something I was really happy about because, you know, how you write, then stop, write, then stop, write this. <laughs> so it was like my yes. first book, but it was the end of a century, and they thought the world was coming to the end anyway. So I was like, I got to finish one book before the world crashes. So <laughs> that was my that was my incentive. And then I just did, like, a test to see if this company was, like, really real. I sent my book in, and, like, three weeks later on my porch was this envelope, and bam, I was an author. And I was kind of like, you know, someone telling me, you know, I had a baby, and I don't remember the experience because I was like, oh, my God, what do I do with this thing? <laughs> I, I am an author, and I don't even know. It was the best feeling ever, you know, seeing your name on a book and everything, but it was just like, I was terrified of, you know, the work behind it. You know, it's like, you know, somebody had put a baby in my arms and like, okay, now you got to raise it. And you're like, wait a minute, what? Send it to college. Yeah. <laughs> now what? Now what? <laughs> wait a minute. Y'all didn't tell me all about this. Where's the book at? And it was like back then, it was 2000. So it was like no books on self-publishing, you know, or anything like that. So, and it was just, it, you know, it was a, it was a rough start. Um, it, it really made me toughen up to saying, you know, you either want to do this or you don't. So like my dad said, you know, crap or get off the toilet. And you really right. have to make those decisions when you do become a self-published author. You have to put all into it or you're not going to get what what you dream about or what you really want from the experience. You really do have to be in the experience in order to enjoy the journey. That's very wise. So, so what, and, and people self-publish for lots of reasons. And you're right. You, you kind of got into it before everyone did, right? Before it was very common and to, right. you know, upload, it was, very and it was so common, easy to upload, yeah. right? Right. So you so actually, in some company, company. Go ahead. Yeah, you got a little bit of a head start from a lot of people who started self-publishing. So, um, so I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So you worked with this other, this independent publishing company. And so then what right. was the next step? You had to learn how to sell this book, right? Right. So I, I kind of did it backwards from everybody else. Usually, you know, they write the book and they, you know, publish the book on their own and, you know, they, they go out and market the book. But I got into marketing like immediately. Like I didn't even know they were going to just publish the book like just like that. So I jumped into marketing, which I'm kind of glad I did. I learned like a lot of the things that I still apply today to sell books, like that still relevant today of the old school methods of blogging, newsletters, group discussions, you know, those main basic things that you really get into to sell books, you know. Um, Even when the new stuff came along, I still, you know, I was like, wow, I knew that my old stuff was still working. So I kept those systems going while learning about the new stuff in terms of, you know, social media, um, you know, all the, all the, other things that that go with it, the video with it, the audio that goes with it, you know, all of that stuff, the the graphics that go with it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I had already, I had started to learn all that. So, but then it got to the point of like I got depressed because like 
you know, I've used the literary service. So, like, you can't afford your books. And during that time, like, shortly after 2000, I started going through a divorce. So, you know, the government makes you choose between, you know, buying books and buying food for the kids, you know, something about going to jail, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a tough and we always decision, have to put it as you know. As you, yeah, I mean, we're artists, but if you're also a mother or you have a family, you unfortunately have to put them first. Um, not unfortunately, right. but, but we do, so, of course. And even in terms of time, when it's even not just money, a choice between money, but it's a choice of time, you know, do you take yes. your kids to dance or, or, you know, whereas you probably would, when you're in the middle of a story, you'd love to finish that scene. And so I think that's, right. you know, that's, that's unfortunately you have to, a lot of people, a lot of women yeah, have the re- to find, realities, you yeah. know, yeah. And they have to like find working on pursuing their art kind of in the margins of their lives. So I think it's amazing that right. any mother gets to write <laughs> anything. So, and never mind multiple, multiple books. So, um, yeah, so I had to figure that out. I had to figure out, like, okay, how do I how do I make money from this without buying books? So then I, I, you know, the basis of it is to get the readers to go online and to buy books. And back then, that was unheard of. Like, everybody went to the mm-hmm. bookstore, you know. And, I, of course, I used the literary service, so I couldn't get my books up in Barnes & Nobles or, you know, what was that, Dalton Books. Right. Remember you that? Know, all the books in there. <laughs> I know. I pulled old school like <laughs> but like I knew I couldn't. That was no way. And so you had to come up with ways to get them go online, go to my website, buy, click the buy button and try to get to their purse strings as fast as possible, which is still a method today that that authors have a hard time conquering or going through. So I, I had to learn those things and, and, and get those things going. But with me not being able, I got really depressed because, like, you know, your first book, you know, of course it sucks. <laughs> so this is my first time coming out. When they sent that book back to me, it had not been edited or anything. It was just like a first round thing done because I didn't know what they would do with it. So I was just like, oh, my gosh. So I got really depressed. And it was like I did have, like, it was kind of like that scene in, in Pursuit of Happiness when you got a product and you can't sell it, and you need to make money. And, you know, these the kids need to eat. I got this minimum wage job. Well, it wasn't even minimum wage. It was like $9 an hour, which back then was pretty good. But, like, we lived in a one-bedroom home, and I got really depressed because, you know, I would go to book fairs with two books. Literally, I had two paper <laughs> books on this huge, what would that be, an eight-foot table? <laughs> And it'd be an eight foot table with two books on it and sit there all day with the kids and me just, you know, talking to people, blah, 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 blah. You should, you should, this is why you should buy my book and coming out with like absolutely nothing, you know, and it was really frustrating that this was happening. And then that's when I turned like by 2002, I turned to eBooks. Mm-hmm. I had started like writing more and more and more. And I did have books in my repertoire, you know, finishing my books up and everything, but I couldn't publish them. I didn't have that paper money to publish them. And I was like, okay, so what do I do? So like 2002, I turned to eBooks and I just really jumped into it. Like before, before it was even popular, right. <laughs> before eBooks were even right. popular, 
I was pumping them out as by the time, like, I think ebooks became popular in 2006 when it, it made Oprah's favorite things. The Kindle was Oprah's favorite things. By that time, I had 10 books in my catalog, 10 ebooks in my catalog. And that Christmas was the best Christmas of all. Like, I made so much money that Christmas. It was just redonkulous because I had already books in my, my catalog, whereas other authors other just people found yeah, out about it. Yeah, they had maybe one or they didn't have any. Because, I mean, I remember a New York Times bestselling author told me, and it was back in 2004, and she was like, no one's ever going to go on the computer and read a book, Sylvia. So you need to stop pushing ebooks everywhere. Like, she literally told me this. I rub it in her face all the time now. But she literally told me this to, like, shoot me down. Like, wow, really? <laughs> they didn't know, right? They didn't, people didn't know. They really didn't know. And yeah. so, so you got in on the ground floor, and I'm very, very jealous about that because I, um, I started writing. No, I'm very jealous, like because I started writing probably like 2006 ish. Just started, right? Mm-hmm. It was, again, for me, it was kind of like you. It was always a dream, but I just never did much about it. And so right. I actually, um, so I, I worked on. I didn't even think about self publishing. I didn't really know it was an option. And so I was working on my first book and submitting it to agents. And I did actually get it published by Lyrical Press. And I was with them um, for a couple of years. And they had a couple of my titles. And then they got acquired by Kensington. And my, um, my, they did nothing. You know, they, bought, they, they acquired this, this smaller publishing house. And most of the, they didn't do any, you know, for their backlist, they just like continued it on. And, and I was like, well, then I started hearing about all these people having success with self-publishing. So I got my titles back, but I think I had gotten it back then, you know, I kind of missed that wave, you know, that you were able mm-hmm. to catch because at that point, then everyone oh. had books up there and, um, and yeah. it was a little harder to, to make a name. But um, so you, it sounds like you were really in some ways a pioneer, you got in, in on the ground floor for all the self-publishing. That's great. It was, yeah, it was great. It was great. I really have to say that it was like a high, just uh, coming home and refreshing the screen and being like, I, I mean, the best feeling you can give to a single mom is knowing she can provide for her family on a monthly basis. Like she doesn't have to worry about bills or she doesn't have to worry about anything, you know, oh my God, this is going to get cut off or we won't be able to do this or you know, just necessities. Not won't be able to like, we won't be able to eat. We won't be able to get transportation this month. <laughs> like count the pennies, you know, you got them in the morning, counting the pennies to catch the bus, you know, that's the, but to be able to say, oh my God, I, I have those little things because of me sitting in a chair and and exercising my creativity, that's even more awesome to know that I created something that can make money to help my family. That means I don't have to to demean myself. I don't have to take other people's crap. I I can just do what I love and make money. And that's just that's an awesome feeling. And that's what was happening. It was just really great. So the more, and that's what I just started writing more. And I usually say my concept of writing is basically I take anything I hate or anybody I really hated in the past and throw them in, in, in a pot with things I want to change and things that should have happened or could have happened. <laughs> right. And, and right, that's right. where the naughtiness comes in and, 
just the evilness comes out <laughs> in me. Revenge, to, revenge writing. <laughs> revenge, hateful, and then what if kind of thing, like what if I had got in the car with a stranger or what if I had taken the proposal or what if I, you know, decided to not be the high moral, high prudish person that I am. <laughs> well, that's what's so great about being a writer, right? You get to explore right. different aspects of yourself. It's funny. I um, I was meeting with my local critique group and I'm working on a new book. Uh, it's called A Safe Distance. So I'm doing what all the agents are telling people not to do, which is don't write about the pandemic. Of course, I'm writing a book that's set in a somewhat fictional pandemic. And so one of the, you know, so I have two main characters there. And one of my critique writers was like, well, what's different about these characters? I was like, no, they're all aspects of me. <laughs> I mean, really, I have to say most of my heroines are some aspect of me or they're the opposite of me, but things I'd love to be, you know what I mean? So that's what's, right. that's what's fun about writing. You know, you get to, you get to, you know, you get to be that bad girl if you, if you want to be, that you yeah. really can't do and when you're so driving people to the, the school. Right. The weird thing about it is that that's always scary to me when people walk up to me and be like, oh, my God, I love this book. And when I'm, like, thinking about it, I'm like, oh, my God, I was in a dark place when I wrote that book. And they'd be like, oh, I want that to happen to me. I really want that. Or they'll say that did happen to me, and that even shakes me to the bone because I'm like, yeah, I, you know you know what happened with that book? And they're like, yes, that happened to me. And it was just, oh, my God, you poor thing. And they can't believe, like, okay, that didn't happen, and you just made that up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I just kind of, you know, and it's just, like, really weird. I think my second book, Stone's Revenge, um, it was about the son of a serial killer who decides to get revenge against the prosecuting attorney, and he goes after the prosecuting attorney's daughter. Um, so when I got a call, I literally got a call from this reader just out of the blue, and she said that this story was about her father and 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 her uh, that had happened to her cousin. Her her cousin was the son of a serial killer, and he did go after the lawyer who sent his father to jail. And she was like, "Did you get this story from the?" I was like, "I never heard of that story," and it turned out really horrible. <laughs> On, on reality, but I'm, you know, but of course I had a romance, and she was like, she was like, it was like you, the the guy who was the son. She's like, you described him just like he was, and she was like, it, it was her cousin. It was her cousin the whole time. She was like, it just chilled her to the bone, and she had to find me and talk to me about it because she said it was the first time like she could really understand why her cousin was the way he was, like nobody understood him. And she said this opened up her eyes to see his view of what he went through growing up. And I just, that just, you know, I, that just really terrified me, like, oh, my God, that poor man. <laughs> I just, yeah, but, I mean, how, how great, what a, what a compliment to you as a writer that you were able to connect, even though it was a fictional character, you obviously connected with something universal and she was able to even, you know, apply it to her own life. So, I mean, that's, that's yeah. a, not a kick. I don't know what is. Now maybe we that can is. talk a little bit about how you blend. So are all your books romantic suspense and how do you blend the suspense with the romance elements? Well, I call it more like weaving 
um, than blending because you have two separate stories going on at the same time. They're weaved together and so intricately, it feels like they just become one story. Um, You don't know where one ends and one begins as the reader, but as the writer, as you're writing, you really have to keep these stories in sync and weave tightly together to make them work as they work. It's kind of like, you know, you have a a violin string section and you have a, a, a percussion section and when they play, you don't know as the listener the, the the difference between it. You just hear music. So does that make sense? I'm trying yes, to describe no, that, it. That so you... absolutely does make sense. No, that does. And and actually, um, I as you were saying this, the the weaving, it's you almost weave when you have like two different um, points of view, right? So I don't know if you've ever written. I write a lot from the first person, and I often have two main characters and you know one chapter is one one chapter is from the other character's point of view and it's mm-hmm. it's similar that's actually what you're doing you're kind of writing the two they're two different stories but weaving them together so i actually yeah. like the way you put that and it's, it it's, it's a really fun way for me to try to it to, to keep up with what's going on in everyone's life so i know when i'm doing a scene or when i'm going through a chapter that okay, I know I have to get the red herring out. I know I have to do something about the romance, and I know I have to do something about the drama itself that's going on. So I'm constantly, like, weaving these these elements like a braid of going through and just, okay, so the braid's getting longer and longer and longer, but did I make sure before I put that braid over the other braid, was that done? So I, I I really try because I want people to understand, you know, love doesn't happen easily. And other things are always going on in our life. I hate reading a book where, okay, the characters meet and she no longer goes to work anymore. Like, don't you got right. a job? <laughs> how how does food get in the refrigerator, right? Like, yeah, you're right. How does, how does that all happen? Right. Doesn't the food in her refrigerator get, get dirtier? I mean, like, hey, did she turn the gas off before she left on an excursion to go across the world with this guy? Or, hey, didn't she have a kid in the beginning? What happened to this child? Like, <laughs> or she had a dog. Like, who's feeding the dog while she's spending the weekend at the guy's, uh, you know, luxurious billionaire resort? I, I just, I have <laughs> questions, you know? <laughs> No, well, I think when you're, I mean, certain books are just fantasy, right? So you're not supposed to ask those questions. It sounds like yours are a little more real life and gritty, but. So but in terms of the heat level a, then, yeah, uh-huh. you're right. Like it's, it's you, you have to, I, you know, it's, I guess it's an approach, right? Some people really like that fantasy and yours, I think maybe uh-huh. by the nature of the genre, you know, you're, or maybe you as a, as a person or you as a writer, you want to be a little more realistic. And, and you know, it's just, I think, a matter of what people are looking for. Now, in terms right. of the heat level of your books, um, you know, does it vary? Like, where, where are you in terms of the, the heat level? Well, I would say medium to extra, extra hot and spicy. <laughs> Ooh. It, it does depend upon what mood I am, but I am uh one person said one one girl described me as uh wet. She says, Why does all your scenes your sex scenes are wet? I that that was kind of weird. 
<laughs> and I was like, you mean what in terms of what it does to you or just in terms of like, she says, no, just reading it. It's just like a, a lot of viral, like it's more than just reading, you're hearing it and smelling it and, you know, it's just like tasting it. She's like, you just get all into the senses. It's not, and I think I do because I don't, I don't think you should just rely upon what you see because you're supposed to, you know, show, don't tell. So, you know, you kind of take away the one thing that that the reader uh, always depends on, and it's what they see. But when when you can, you know, taste it and and hear it and smell it, that brings on even a more viral, voracious kind of, of scene. So I want to bring that. I want you a fly on the wall. <laughs> But right. I, I well, yeah, that's always the goal, though, right? You almost want people in their reading experience to forget that they're reading, right? You want them to actually experience it, and that's right. So it sounds like you did your job. You transported someone. I don't know. Yeah, I don't right. know if wet is the best description, but sensual maybe or you know, vibrant. Yeah, I think those are maybe better ones. <laughs> right. But yeah, I just yeah, I want to make people feel the the love between these people because I think that it, and I think using. When I do use sex in in a book, it's not just to you know because sex needs to be in it to make the book interesting. I think when I read sex scenes and you just threw it, I can always tell when a when an author just threw it in there just because because I think you should right. use sex as a way to progress that that love between or that that closeness between two people and how deep they can get it's not just a physical thing and i i want them mm-hmm. i want my readers to know you are you're getting uh an inside look on what it means to go to a higher plane to be able to be transported to a different universe to to be able to feel the clouds moving over your body like that is just what love is <laughs> I just I want them to know that you know you this is something you want to taste touch smell <laughs> see experience everything. the whole experience experience I want the whole experience and um I try to bring it every time I think I, I talked to Beverly Jenkins um one time we were sitting there and it was like a, you know it's always an honor when you can sit down with her just you know you and her you know cuz usually she has a crowd of people around her and we just happened to be sitting somewhere I I snuck into a hall before it opened and she was just sitting there waiting for it to open and we just sat there and talked about you know love things and our fear of oh my god maybe this one sounds like another book and by then, I think by that time, she was like on her almost 40th book, and I was still like at 20-something. And that that had been a growing fear in mine, like, okay, I don't want you to be able to take one, one love scene from one book, pick it up, and put it somewhere else, you know, and trying to make that different and different. And she did point out, she said, you know, love can be expressed in millions and millions of different ways. And she said, you just have to get into why these characters love each other and what is it about their love that makes this love different from another person's love. And and, I, and you really realize that as you watch people in love or hear people in love and the quirks that they have in their love or the the, the personalities that bring, you know, different things and different uh, outcomes, 
So you really, like, when you're writing the romance around the suspense, around the drama, um, that becomes even another form in itself of the story of just creating this wonderful way that, you know, that they love each other, you know, that that's more powerful than anything they go through, any secret that's ever revealed. They have to be together like that's and that's what you want your readers to feel like I don't care if the world is about to end and she found out this and you know he even tried to kill her they love each other they're going to be together <laughs> and that's what I, and that's, I want for my readers <laughs> yeah yes no I mean and I think you know I think she gave Beverly gave you fantastic advice and obviously you you know both found success in writing multiple multiple um Titles. I mean, I can't believe how many have you? You said you were over twenty, or how many titles have you done well, altogether? Right, right now, that was back in. Oh my God, that was like almost ten years ago. But now I'm almost at like I'm over fifty now. I'm between wow. 55, 60. Wow. Yeah. So, and, yeah, and still keeping keep it fresh. You know what I mean? Like still <laughs> keeping, being able. That's amazing. That really is. That that. I'll, well, I won't even tell you how many titles I have, but um, I'm, I'm now embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, that's that's amazing that you've had that kind of out, output and still have the passion. You can you just tell by lo- talking, listening to you here, you still have the passion for creating stories and people are clearly responding to it. Now, you had said that um, you had uh, won some awards. Have you won any awards recently? Um, do you enter, still enter a contest or is that something you did earlier in your career? Well, I, yeah, I kind of like drifted off like maybe for about three years, now three years. Yeah, I would say three years now. I haven't entered like hardly any. I've gotten community awards, of course, because I do so much work in the literary community out, you know, especially in Metro Detroit and Michigan. So I have been Mm -hmm. recognized here as a literary champion in, in, in Detroit itself. Um, I'm a mom, of, of course, so I've gotten um, some mom recognition awards and things like that because, you know, my number one job has always been to my kids. But my kids understand in order for me to be a good mom, I have to be a writer. So you have to right. leave me alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, then they become teenagers and they don't want to be around you anyway. <laughs> You know, the queen has to be happy because, you know, in order for the hive to run well, that's what I learned. In order for the hive to run well, the queen has to be happy and all the worker bees have to do what they have to do in order for the house to run right. (laughs) And there cannot be two queens in the hive or she kills any other queen. (laughs) My daughter learned that right away. I'm gonna to have to. I'm gonna steal that and when I talk to my um, the person who thinks she's the queen in my house, who is not me. <laughs> so I'm gonna to have to steal that. But I did, yeah. So I did go after it. But I did one. I mean, I, I'm still like even when I've published my books recently, I do still get to the you know the Amazon bestsellers list because of course I have a process. You know, everyone has their process of making sure they get to number one on Amazon right away. Um, so like my last, uh, what my last three books I've recently released this year have gone to uh, the bestsellers list. So that's pretty cool. Wow. 
Congratulations. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Thank you. And, yeah, and then even, like, y- we all have, like, our things. But, no, not like a personal literary award. I haven't. And I know I should work a little harder at that. And even my assistant, she even gave me yeah, a Yeah, a lot of people things. listen. You, yeah, you're uh, – there's, there's different um, views on awards. You know, some people – think it's important and and they enter a lot of contests and then there's another school of thought that says look your award is the most important award is when people buy your books and so why right. why look for these other ones so you're obviously you know connecting with readers and and you know obviously you have a lot of products to share with them and and what's great is that once somebody discovers you, then there's a whole backlist. You know, I, I always get frustrated when I discover a new author and there's only one other book and I'm like, oh, wait, you know, I really like them. I'd, I'd buy 10 right now. So, right. have, you know, so, yeah, I, I think there's like kind of two, two schools of thought. Um, I had, um, I'm actually thinking about maybe um, entering into some more contests, but I think my genre you know, I started off with romance, and I still write some paranormal romance. I actually uh, just released The Reluctant Witch, which is a paranormal romance collection of two novellas. Yay. So I still tip my yes. It's it actually it was really fun. But um, but I think more of my writing has gone in the, in the women's fiction realm. So there's not as many mm-hmm. like there's not as many um, contests like uh, you know like RWA contests for because uh, for women's fiction. So, um, mm-hmm. but now that I've written something that's, you know, recently that's more romance, I actually am thinking about entering the Reluctant Witch in a couple of things. I did actually place in the New England Reader's Choice Awards um, back in April, and I was so, yes, I was, I was very excited because I hadn't, you know, like I said, I hadn't written a romance title in a while, and so I was very excited, and I was going, I was planning on going up to Boston because I live in New York, so it would only be a couple mm-hmm. hours to drive, and then Corona hit, so they had to cancel, and I was like, oh, like, oh. It would have been so fun to go to a conference and, like, you know, have them announce your name and stuff. So, anyway, we'll have to Yeah, so it was kind of a bummer. But, um, but uh, you know, maybe I'll – you know, I had, like I said, I had um, – I've been delving into, like, uh, women's fiction, like, really heavy topics. Like, my book, mm-hmm. Johnny Be Good, was about alcoholism and a breakdown of the family. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I was like, you know, I need, I need someone to kiss and, like, have it not be painful. <laughs> so – <laughs> that's why I, read, I wrote the reluctant witch. So I, I think it's sometimes fun to, you know, do something a little different. So that's kind and of I, where I my, do actually, and and that's where my heat level varies because, like, you know, sometimes I do like really down in the dirt kind of thriller. I'm trying to kill somebody, you know, through the whole book. I'm, you know, I'm finally like, you know, I get to the point of I'm at the end of the book. And, you know, I've I've killed who I needed to kill. It was violent. Then they fall in love, blah, blah, blah. And then my next book may be kind of like a light, you know, not light. I, they feel like a medium kind of heavy. <laughs> but mostly it's focused on the romance and, you know, them finding each other, you know, getting over the drama. And, you know, so it goes from – but I usually am addressing some kind of problem, especially in – especially, like, in the community or in people's lives. You know, I'm I'm usually trying to find uh, – especially in my protagonist, she has some kind of issue where things that we don't say or we don't talk up 
or like my current one where I'm writing is called He Touched Me. And he actually has a problem with inappropriate touching. He he inappropriately touches people. And he has to work on that because, of course, the Me Too movement and everything. But her problem is that she just wants to, she doesn't want to grow up. So she lets her mom make her decisions and things like that. But then it turns around that it's a, her mom's not doing it just for anything. Her mom's trying to take control of her life completely because of a large um, trust her father left her. But she doesn't even know about that because her mom's kept her in the dark for her whole life. So, yeah, so I, I, I talk about those issues because I saw that a lot, like where a lot of people just don't want to make adulting decisions for themselves, and that kind of anger. <laughs> like you just literally don't want to grow up. Right. Yeah, so sometimes you need to switch it up. Like sometimes it sounds like you have to like cleanse your palate. And so after you do something that's really intense, and for me it was Johnny Be Good, which was pretty intense for you. It's maybe Mm -hmm. your more intense romantic suspense. Then it's nice to kind of switch gears. And I think that actually is one of the benefits of being self-published, right? You don't have a publisher telling you, oh, no, you write romantic suspense where, you know, everyone dies. So you have to keep doing that. Or you write right, and that you have to keep doing that. No, if I want to write about sexy witches, I will. So there you go, and hopefully the audience will follow you. You know, but uh, right. But sometimes, yeah, you can't just write one after the other. You have to to vary things, and I think a lot you see a lot more authors doing that nowadays. You know, Mm -hmm. doing multi genres and and finding. But I I do have my phases. You know how you get into the the twin phases, and you just keep coming up with twin stories, and you're like, oh, maybe I should put this on the back burner. And that's the fun part about being self published is that you can put one on the back burner, so you don't have to keep coming out with a twin story, a twin story, a twin story. You know, you don't have to keep using it. Okay, I'm gonna hold this off. Let me come up with something else. Because I got like five twin stories, and that could look like, you know, they'll get like, oh, my God, that's just too many. So, like, I'll, you know, I, but I do get into my phases. Like, I think I went through a polyandry phase, and I just kept coming up with all these unique ways to do a polyandry story. And I'm like, oh, my God, you could do this. Oh, my God, they could do this. (laughs) And I just, it was like obsessive. Yes. No, no. It's so funny because I kind of went through, I had two books in a row where one of my characters was an alcoholic. So Johnny B. Mm-hmm. Good obviously dealt a lot with alcoholism. And then I had another book, Friends Forever, were about two college roommates and one of them was an alcoholic. And so for my latest book, I was like, all right, I'll make the mother an alcoholic. I was like, no, no, no. I've done that already. Right. Writing about alcoholism is really, you know, deep. And, and one of my friends was like, do you have a problem? Like, do you want to talk about it? I was like, no, no. But I just think it's, you know, in some ways fascinating. And, and, you know, to see people go through that struggle, so many people address that. So I gave, and it was a minor character in my current book who I was going to make an alcoholic. So I made her mm-hmm. a hoarder instead. And that's actually been really fun. I've been doing all this research on hoarding. And, you oh, know, I like um, that. I like, yeah. And it's, she's a minor character. She's like the um, mother of of one of the, well, he's not really a hero, but one of the male interests. And so it kind of explains why he's a little screwed up. So, um, but, so that's fun. So I did, oh, I sometimes like you have to push that. out of your Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. I might, and I've been I might watching feel these that hoarding. I, I might feel that hoarding. I'm going to let you know that right now. I might feel that. <laughs> Don't be coming after well, me. Well, you, like, oh, <laughs> you have to dedicate your book to me. <laughs> okay. Here's to Bernadette who writes about hoarders. Um, 
That's oh, right. That's good. Exactly because I, I hear you, though. You can't, it's hard to keep um, – you have to force yourself not to, to keep writing the same thing over and over. So, yeah. uh, you know. But I do try but, to get it out of my system because sometimes you yeah. try to jump to another book and then you'd be like, oh, that twin story's just calling me. Oh, I can't finish this book. I just got it. So I do, I try to do, and people always ask me, like, how do you come out with so much stuff all the time? Because I'm usually now at three to four books a year. I usually do six or seven. <laughs> I, I found that. And I how long are your books? Exhausting. Um, they're yeah, usually between 50,000 to 100,000 words. So it's not, okay. I don't do novellas. I'm I'm usually right. jumping down and I, oh, I get down and, oh, yeah, we got a, we got a lot to go. <laughs> you know, I do, I sometimes I do force myself to be like, okay, this is going to be a novella, Sylvia. You have to make this a novella. And then I'll give it to my, my, you know, editor and I'll be like, you know, I know it's 60000 but can we get it down? <laughs> can we move it down, please? And she'll look at it, you know, she'll be like, oh, we could try. But it, and then it ends up like, oh, my God, and we jumped to seventy five. I don't know how. <laughs> That's not a novella. <laughs> That's not a novella. So, yeah, but, yeah, I just, I kind of, yeah, I, I am almost, I envy writers who do short stories. I just, I can't, I just, I struggle with it. And I, I, I kind of practice on my website. So on my website, I'll have like, you know, a, a short story kind of thing going. Sometimes on Sundays, I'll release a short story kind of thing. Um, but mm-hmm. basically, these are most, most likely these are beginning work in progresses. So, you know, I'll, I'll just bam out like maybe three chapters and then say, okay, I got that that twin story out of my head so I can move on to the next story. And then those become short stories on my site. So those are always fun for my readers because they're like, oh, my God, we want more of this character. And I was like, yeah, I do too, but we can't talk about him right now. (laughs) Well, you know, everyone has their comfort level. Like I I have the opposite problem from what you have. I like to write short. I tend to write very short. And so I have written up novellas and what I typically do is like I'll bunch them together. Like, so the reluctant, Witch is really two novellas combined in one. Wow. And so when I'm writing like a main, like the book I'm working on now, I definitely want it to be longer. So it's going to be a struggle mm-hmm. for me to get to 80 because I like, like I said, my, my comfort zone is writing shorter. So we all, so I'm, I'm doing the opposite. I'm trying to get, you know, okay, how can I get to the 80 and not like finish things up at 60,000 words. So mm-hmm. anyway, what I'm well, running a little short on time. Somebody, this is oh, been, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, we do. We, um, I said we're running a little short on time, so I want to make sure that everyone um, knows where they can reach you online, and maybe you could talk oh. about some of your upcoming releases. Okay, so you can always come, you know, go to my website at sylviahubbard.com. That's S-Y-L-V-I-A, Hubbard, like old mother Hubbard.com. And um, I also run, of course, a literary group that I was talking about earlier in in Michigan, and it's called the Motown Writers Network. But you can go to MotownWriters.com to find more information about that. We help writers get to their literary goals and connect readers to Michigan authors. Um, and you can always contact me on social media. I, my handle is Sylvia Hubbard One. 
So I'm almost on all social media. Um, I do YouTube channels weekly, and I post on Instagram constantly. <laughs> I have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. For my page, my group, I basically really talk to my readers. You know, you can ask me any questions because they have, like, a lot of questions. My books actually connect to one another. So that's why I do call it the literary world because you can find one sub-character in one, and then he has his own book. Or a police officer, I'll use his book. Book three will be in book five, book seven, book 12, and they'll be like, okay, when are you coming out with a story for them? So they have a lot of questions all the time of like, okay, where does this book connect to or where does this book connect to? So it's really fun, you know, just exploring my literary world. It's scary, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Well, if, you know, I'd like to... Yeah, I mean, please um, please like the, the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page, and I like to... Uh, oh, you know, post updates for our prior guests. So if you have an upcoming release, please let me know and I'll post it there because I know that people like to, um, you know, to after they get to know someone on my show, they like to follow them, follow them around and know what's going Aww. on with them. So yeah, so definitely keep in touch. This has been so great. It's been really great to to connect with you and you know maybe when the world uh, isn't locked down, maybe hopefully I'll oh. see you at a conference or something because. Now that my daughter's getting a little bit older. Yeah, no, I was really looking forward to the RWA conference. I've never get to go. There was one in New York a couple of years ago, and I couldn't because of work and family commitments. But I hope that they have, like, another live one because I think next year is in Nashville, and I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. dying to go, um, you know, let mom have some time. And, and just to meet people who I've spoken to, you know, on the show and elsewhere um, in person, which I think would be great. So hopefully our, our paths will cross in real life at some point, but we'll have to stay virtual for a while. So please, please let me know where you are and, and, you know, would love to know, to hear, you know, what you're doing. I think you're going to have a, a release. It sounds like every, every other month. So <laughs> you're so every prolific. Every four months, pretty much. So yeah, you can always subscribe to my website and then find out what's coming up because there's always something coming up. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, no, that's great. Well, I, I certainly wish you all the success. And again, thank you so much for, for sharing your journey, which is, which is quite impressive. So, um, so thanks again. Thank In terms of um, things that are, that people want to hear about my writing, I actually am offering for the next few months um, my book, Johnny Be Good, which is about my um, my Irish-American family set here on Long Island dealing with all kinds of problems. It's a women's fiction, and that is free in most for most retailers. Unfortunately for Amazon, they haven't made it free yet, so it's only 99 cents. So again, Johnny Be Good, please check that out. And my, um, my Irish Witches, my story about Irish Witches, the Reluctant mm-hmm. Witch is out and available. And if people are interested in getting a free copy, um, I'm giving it away to everyone who signs up for my newsletter. So you can go to my Hi. website, BernadetteWalsh.com, and if you sign up for my newsletter, I will send you a free copy of The Reluctant Witch. So um, so please uh, please uh, check out my website. Also, the website, uh, BernadetteWalsh.com, has all the information about the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books um, show, and I hope to have some more authors um, starting, I'm hoping uh, next month to have some more authors. So, um, so, and I also have some really great um, interviews in the archives, over 70 interviews. So please check that out. Again, it's BernadetteWalsh.com. Thanks everyone for joining. This is Bernadette Walsh, Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.